0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Jimmy Rex Show. Today on the podcast, I have Neil Curry and he is a former army ranger, did three different tours, two in Iraq and one in Afghanistan. He's also the founder and uh, owns Ready Gunner. Uh, It's a gun shop here in my local town here in Utah. And I wanted to get him on, obviously a lot going on around gun control and Second Amendment rights right now. And I just wanted to get him on and and kind of chat about why we have the Second Amendment, what it means for our freedoms here as Americans and citizens in general, and why it's important. And so hopefully you'll enjoy this episode. I know it is a sensitive topic, gun control, but I do think that it's important to look at all angles of every issue. And so I wanted to get Neil on, I feel like he give a lot of really good information and and having served the country the way he has and the time that he has put in, I feel like his voice is one that carries a lot of credibility and appreciate him. And and so anyways, I think you're going to appreciate this podcast and enjoy with Neil Curry. Neil, good to be here with you, man. It's good to be here. Dude, it's uh, this is one of my favorite times of year. It's kind of the patriotic season, you know, from Memorial Day through, I think, July, I guess, 24th, even uh, in Utah. It's kind of a fun, special time of year where you see a lot of flags, see a lot of people out celebrating the country. And uh, like yourself, I'm a huge patriot and wanted to get you on, kind of talk about some of the things that the country, what we're doing, what we're going through and, and kind of why it matters so much to guys like you and I.
1: Absolutely. The last three years, a lot has been going on for sure. I think more more so in the last three years than I think I've ever seen in my lifetime yeah it's it's
0: interesting. I mean, it's such a moving time It's such a hard time to figure out exactly what is going on who are you know why is so much madness taking place at once and how do we essentially, keep what is the American ideal, the American dream, the American way of life, which is honored. I know just listening to other podcasts you've been on, you've traveled the world quite a bit, as have I have been to almost 90 countries now, and you understand a little bit more the freedoms that we have. You have a more appreciation. And by the way, one of the things that doesn't get talked about in the media is how much America is revered in all these other countries. I mean, they all look to America as the standard for freedom uh, as a human being.
1: Yeah, I'm afraid we're losing that a little bit, but I remember traveling the world with my dad, like you said, you know, my younger years, uh, two decades ago. And, and what you said is absolutely right. You go to other places and you tell people you're American and everyone was, I mean, you're like a movie star. I mean, you were an automatic movie star. Uh, when you told somebody you were from America, they're like, Oh, really? We're, we're from America, you know, and they wanted to be your buddy and ask you all these questions about America and how awesome America is and, and how we do things and why we do things a certain way, you know, that we do and the freedoms we have. And it, um, it, it's still that way, but I feel like we're losing it a little bit in other countries i think other countries are starting to be like well m- maybe america's not as cool as it used to be yeah it's almost like
0: there's the idea of america and then yep. there's the reality of what kind of is right now unfortunately yeah. you know and they're not the same as they used to be
1: yeah people in other countries watch our news to see what's going on in america and they don't even fucking live here mm-hmm. but they want to know it, it's like the reality tv show everybody watches is like the, the fucking news channel of america is like did you hear what happened in america today did you hear what happened in america today it's yeah. it's like it, it, everyone's curious to what America's doing cuz we're this we're the standard.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's it kind of I I think it gives hope. You know, like when Hong Kong was fighting for their freedom against China, they flew the American flag because it stands for something It stands for freedom and, and you know, and I think that's why they want to know what's going on in America. It almost gives them this hope for their own lives like, "Hey, maybe one day I could live that free." And I think here in America, we've got so much freedom that people gotten all fucked up about it and they now it's, you know, they're fighting over the dumbest shit ever because it's, they don't know how to handle the amount of freedom and, and prosperity that we have. And so it ends up just causing conflict after conflict over the dumbest things. When you put it into perspective,
1: we're so bored. <laughs> yeah. We are so bored that we look for shit to bicker about like the dumbest little thing, you know, and like, like you, like you were saying, a lot of other countries appreciate the things we've done. Uh, Normandy, you know, um, uh, going back to just a a week ago, you know, all the people in Normandy flying American flags out their windows and things of that sort and, and showing their patriotism toward America for, you know, the loss of life that we, we suffered there on their behalf, you know? Um, but I think we take it for granted here. I think a lot of people haven't left the country. They have no idea what it's like outside of America. And, uh, you know, they've just kind of developed this sense of, I don't know, laziness or to call it what you will, but, um, where we just are so bored with our freedoms and having so much that, uh, you know, I think we're just biting ourselves in the butt.
0: Yeah. It was like, they they don't know what oppression actually looks like. They
1: they 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 don't feel
0: like that. They're discriminated against. You got to create their
1: own oppression is what we're doing. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right. And you can see them. They're like, what's shocked me about the whole coronavirus and all, you know, the pandemic and all that was how many people were wanting to give away their freedoms. Like they, I was like, are, are, is this insanity? It's, you know, it's they wanted safety and security or comfort short term. And it's not even real safety and comfort. It's this blanket, uh, that like the government can take care of you. And it was just really bizarre for me to watch people wanting to give up their freedom for this false sense of security.
1: Yeah. Uh, everyone in it flip too, because the people on the left are always anti big government. Right. Uh, they were always the, my body, I'll do what I want, Right. you know, voice. And then coronavirus came around and now they're like, no, the big government knows best. They know what's best for us and we need to follow the rules and we need to do this. And and a, a year, two, three years later, we found out 95% of it or whatever huge percentage of it was a bunch of fucking lies and, and none of it was even factual. And it, it's a perfect breeding ground right now for um, um, conspiracy theorists. Because there is so much stuff, and it's it and it starts out as a conspiracy theory, but then it becomes reality. Well, when all the people you trust are giving you bullshit, and you can see
0: it. You're like, wait, no, you're telling me this, but I'm watching it. I know you're lying. I know this yeah. is bullshit. Then all of a sudden, it's like, wait, everything might be bullshit. And you kind of don't know what's true. And so the conspiracy theorists are the only ones that make any sense anymore.
1: Yeah. And people who believe big government to this day are the, the biggest... Uh, <laughs> the mode, let's just say the most ignorant people I can think of, like, if you're still believing what politicians I'm telling you, I don't give a shit what side of the aisle they sit on Republican or, or Democrat. Like it, it's a bunch of lies and a, a bunch of those. I mean, look at, look at politicians, senators, congressmen, you know, um, obviously the president and his staff, they're all multi multi-millionaires, you know, mm-hmm. It should be a volunteer position, if you ask me, or a pretty low-level paying position where you go in and you get out after you do your four years or whatever it is. But politicians, they make it a career. And with lobbyists and everything else, those guys are multi-multi-millionaires feeding off the system. I mean, they just wild,
0: they go in, you know, making 90,000 a year and then they leave with $60 million net worth. Yeah. How does that happen? Right. You know, and it's, it is kind of, and that's where, you know, I go back to, there's the idea of America, the greatest social experiment of all time. And then there's the reality of kind of what we have in office and what's out there right now. And that's where this disconnect is. And you talk about the media, it's like, well, okay, if we don't, we can't trust politicians, we clearly can't trust the media. And it's like, well, where do you go for information? Where do you go for truth? And, um, you know, I saw there was an interview, I think it might've been somebody It was somebody from China, but they were said the only difference between people in China and people in America's in China, we know the news is propaganda. You yeah. guys haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. And it's how they- I think we're getting there. Yeah, it's it's. I, I mean, they've got to have a less trust rate than pretty much any profession in the world at this point, you know?
1: Well, you can only cry wolf so much. And the government has told us so many lies that now we're, I think people are starting to clue on where it's like, no, we don't believe you anymore. You yeah. know, at least the smart ones.
0: When you served, I mean, you served the country in so many different ways. You served three different tours, two in Iraq, one in Afghanistan. You've been an army ranger. I mean, the highest level of the military, essentially, is it that much harder to kind of see what's happening? Is it that much more difficult to watch, you know, these people that are in office trying to strip us of our freedoms where you fought for this very freedom that seems to be getting taken away?
1: It's very difficult. The whole Afghan withdrawal thing was actually really tough for me. I didn't think it would be, honestly, Um, you know, because it was kind of expected under the current presidency. But watching it on the news, watching it unfold and watching soldiers and I had buddies who were going over there, you know. And uh, it was very, very difficult. Like it, it got me almost emotional, where I was just watching everything we did there for you know the last fifteen years just kind of go in the shitter, like go to waste. And you you think about, you, I related over to like lost like friends, friends we lost, and just the overall loss of military life, Afghani civilian life, collateral damage. I mean, there was so much loss of life in Afghanistan, and it was really all. And I, and I hate that it hurts me to say this. But I almost feel like it was all for nothing. I mean, we did we did some stuff there that I think will stay, but overall, a lot of that stuff retracted back to the old ways, you know, pre-USB in there.
0: Well, and so quickly too, right? Yeah,
1: and it was it was just it was difficult.
0: So, uh, for you, what was your impetus for getting into the military? I mean, you served for how many years total?
1: So I was in five years with the Rangers, okay, and then two more years with Triple Canopy, you know, pre-Blackwater.
0: Gotcha. And what was what made you decide to want to go into the military in the first place?
1: Uh, honestly, it was a sense of patriotism. So it was post 9-11 and 9-11 hit me pretty hard as I think it hit most Americans pretty hard. And I felt like I wanted to do something, um, because of 9-11. I'm like, you know, I can't imagine your, your best friend just getting his ass kicked. Like, you're like, man, I got, I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go kick this guy's ass, you know? It, it was kind of like that where I'm like, I, w- I want to do something for the country or do my part at least to go serve on, on behalf of the greatest nation in the world. You know, I, I was grateful for my freedoms and grateful for the life I lived. You know, I had a, um, as, as an American and a guy who lives in Utah and and uh, just an awesome life yeah. growing up and uh, I just wanted to go and, you know, put in my my two bits and yeah. do my service and you know, hopefully make change and do good. But so as a
0: ranger, I like kind of, what kind of missions were you going on? What kind of things were you doing over there?
1: So rangers, when we were deployed overseas, we deployed as part of a larger task force and the task force name always kind of changed, you know, but we were working with, uh, all the top tier elements, you know, the, the Delta boys, the, you know, the team six guys, the DevGru dudes. Um, and we worked as a task force to essentially go kill, capture, recon, the, the list of like the top 10 worst dudes we were looking for. And that was our, that was our nightly mission. You know, we had CIA elements that would hand us intel and say, Hey, we think this guy's here who might lead to this guy. And we'd go try to catch this guy to get more information to lead us onto that bigger target. But uh, our, our main job was just essentially killing or capturing the worst of the worst.
0: You were right in the fight all the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, when we deployed, that's what we did. We, we were just doing missions
0: and you being a ranger because it's special forces you're not going for like long tours nine months and you go for shorter tours is that correct yeah
1: so it was about a four-month tour so so the typical infantry unit in the military would essentially go for 12 to 18 months but then they'd be back for like two to three years we would go about every four months and be back for six and then redeploy for another four months so we went over more frequently but it was for a shorter period of time okay so there's there's three ranger battalions and we would rotate so like first bat would go over and then second bat would replace him and third bat would replace them. And then we just on this rotation. Wow. And
0: so you served total five years. And then how, how did that work with, I guess it's not called Blackwater. Sorry, what'd you call
1: it? So, so Blackwater was the original defense contractor, of essentially escorting politicians around the green zone in Iraq and in yeah. different areas of, you know, hostile countries. And uh, there was an incident in Najiri Square, if anyone can remember where a bunch of supposed civilians were shot by Blackwater contractors because they were taking contact And the enemy over in Iraq and Afghanistan, there's no, you know, you think about old wars where you have uniforms, you have, you know, you know, the, the green uniform, the red, the red coats and, you know. Yeah. So you know who your enemy is over there. Everyone's wearing the same damn clothes. Yeah. So you have a guy who pulls out a fucking AK out of his pajamas and starts shooting and then tucks it away. And then he blends in with the rest of the crowd. You have no idea who's shooting at you. Mm. So uh, these guys return fire thinking they were and fire at the enemy in um, Iraq uh, politicians, you know, the president of Iraq at the time, Essentially, said, she told Blackwater, they had to get out and then triple canopy came in and replaced them. And that's who I was. Okay. That's who you I was with. At, yeah. But essentially it was all the same guys and
0: basically protect politicians as they went into Iraq to do diplomatic work.
1: Yep. So politicians would come in and we pick them up at the air, air, airport in Baghdad and we would escort them around to their meetings in, in the red zone. That's fascinating. So how come they don't just use the military for that stuff? They're not trained for it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. The The military is like a broad sword. They do have a um, protective service detail, but it's for people within the military themselves. So they kind of do their own diplomatic security missions, but we do it. They, and then other things too, I think is, so it's all handled by the Department of State. And Department of State wanted some kind of, arm's length, the Want to
0: have one thing in between
1: you. Yeah. So if we fuck something up, it's not the military. It's like, Hey, <laughs> it's fair. the civilian company that did it. It wasn't us. Yeah. You know, it's like how I, with my men's coaching group, I, um, I, you know, some of them
0: have been very interested in doing like plant medicines and I'm like, well, I'm not going to do it with you, but here's a person that you yeah, can contact exactly. if you're interested in doing it. That's, I need that to be one step away from me in case yeah. something goes wrong, you know?
1: Yeah. And the training and it's a, and a pretty extensive training course, the whips program to get into it as well. Yeah. So
0: that's awesome man so with that training i mean you come back um did you want to go into private security details some more here locally or did because there was that at the point you started your gun
1: gun shop so i actually started ready gunner while i was uh, deployed with triple canopy sitting in my what they call a hooch it's like a trailer it's about the size of this room and you have like a bed in the locker and that's it so but we had wi-fi and i had my laptop and i'm like i'm gonna apply for my federal firearms license so when i get home i can have my license to essentially acquire my own and what's called nfa items So I can have my own suppressors, machine guns and things of that sort, fully automatic weapons, yeah, fully automatic (laughs) rifles without having to get all this licensing, separate licensing and separate tax stamps. And it was going to just be for me and, and my, my toys, my guns only. And so I got home, I got it interviewed with the ATF agent. He issued me my license. I was running it out of my basement at the time. And then buddies were like, Hey, I heard you have your license. Can you get guns cheap? I'm like, yeah, I can. Cause you know, I had this account as a wholesaler. So I'd, I'd sell guns to my buddies and sure. then it kind of developed into what it is now. My buddies told their buddies and I built this clientele and <laughs> and then I got kicked out. Well, I didn't get kicked out, but the HOA, cause it was part of a, a homeowner's association. Oh, and they like found cause you better
0: running it out of your basement? Yeah.
1: And they, <laughs> they found out I was selling guns <laughs> out in my basement. People were walking out with these black boxes and HOA like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, I'm just, you know, just selling guns at my basement. They lost their fucking mind. They're like, what? You're selling guns (laughs) like like I was selling cocaine or something like. But but that's 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 the uh, that's the epitome of guns in people's heads, where it's like, oh, it's got to be illegal.
0: I want to get into that a little bit, actually. Maybe it's a good time to do that. Is you know, so many people have a misconception of how easy it is to get a gun because there's videos where you know it shows a 13 year old walking into a gun um, a gun show and he, he can walk out with a gun and some things like that. Maybe get into a little bit like. What are the requirements for a person to get a gun? And how easy is it, honestly, for somebody to get a gun?
1: There's there's different levels. And this is the best part, because as, as I'm watching, which is going on right now, like I saw this thing this morning where Mitch McConnell, they have this 10-person bipartisan uh, group trying to come up with these common sense gun laws. And Mitch McConnell's, uh, he's actually going with it. And, you know, we're, we're giving them you know, that a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, which we know never fucking works. They're never going to stop it a little bit. They're always going to want more. So they're getting ready to pass this bipartisan gun law thing where they restrict the age limit from, uh, eight, you know, 21 to 18 for rifles. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of complicated because the rules for handguns is different than the rules for rifles. So right now to buy a handgun, like if you want to buy a Glock 19, you have to be 21. Okay. But you can buy an air 15 or a bolt gun at 18 or any long gun. And, uh, That's on the federal firearms licensee level. So me as a business, I have to abide by these rules. It's regulated by the ATF and it is what it is. So if an 18 year old comes in and says, hey, I want to buy Glock 19, I'm like, sorry, bro, you're too young. You got to wait till you're 21. But you can buy the Sarah 15 if you want. Which is how it should be, sure. In my opinion, sure. if anything, they need to they need to bring the handgun age well, the down AT, to match can, the long gun. They
0: can serve in the military. Yeah, they're
1: like. in the military, so it's like, <laughs> can you imagine like going and joining the military, learning how to use uh, an M4, or M16, or whatever, and then coming home on leave like six months later and being you like, I, "I want to buy an Air 15 They're like, "You're too young, bro." Yeah, <laughs> but well, like, but I just younger. went through training and I just got off my first deployment. I've been using this gun for a year. Like, sorry, man, you got to wait another year till you're 21. I mean, it makes no sense. Mm. Uh, so I think they should bring the hanging down to, to 18 to match that. But, uh, that's on my level on, on the private level, like in the state of Utah and a lot of States, there is no, and, and I don't want people to, uh, miss or, or, misread what I'm trying to say here, where I think this is a bad thing. I think it's a good thing, but there is no regulations on a consumer to consumer level. So if you bought a gun for me today, it doesn't matter what it is, hanging or rifle, Uh, and you're like, man, I I really, I bought this Glock 19, but I really like the FN 509, whatever. I wanna trade it and I'm gonna sell this one. You can go to a website and there's tons of them, like Utah Gun Exchange here in Utah. It's like a KSL classified page. List your Glock 19. Someone will hit you up and be like, yo, Jimmy, that Glock 19 you're selling for 500 bucks? I want to buy it. Cool. Meet me at the Walmart parking lot. You guys exchange cash. You get a Glock 19. There is no fucking restrictions on so that. There's
0: no restrictions on... No. Well, I remember I bought a gun for a... <clears throat> it was at an auction one time, a charity auction. Yeah. And we auctioned it off. And yeah, I mean, we just filled out a little bit of paperwork when we were done with the person yeah. who got it, and that was the end yeah. Of if it.
1: you're smart, you'll get a bill of sale. So yeah, if that gun right, gets used in a crime, yeah, exactly you can be right. like, "Well, I sold it to you know John Hancock, whatever, on this day for five hundred bucks." Right. But there's nothing illegal about it. But on my level, like if you know, I can't, I can't do gun sales without a, a what's called the 4473, which is a background check. So you got to run a background check. You have to have a valid driver's license. You got to be a Utah resident. That's another thing. If you're a Utah resident. Um, to buy a handgun. If you're not a Utah resident, you can't buy handguns. But if you're not a Utah resident, you can't buy long guns. So if you are come from Texas to Utah, I can sell you an Air 15 again or a bolt gun mm-hmm. or any kind of rifle or a shotgun, but I can't sell you a handgun.
0: So should there be a stricter, like... Uh I guess, rules around selling person-to-person? Person? or I mean, it's just it's a little bit tricky, I guess, because it, a felon can buy a gun off his buddy then, and his buddy has no idea if he's a felon or not. He hasn't, doesn't have to run a background check or whatever, right? I mean, the guy could have a history.
1: It's and, one of the things they're trying to change, but this is this is the funny part about reading these new laws you're trying to pass where they're trying to increase the age of uh, AR-15 rifle, the assault rifles, as they call them, from 18 to 21, is like the Uvalde. It's what they're basing it off of. as a right. kid. He was 18 years old. He went and bought two rifles two daniel fence rifles from a gun store legally and their their mentality is is thinking well look if the age was 21 this guy would have gone there they would have been like you're too young to buy an air 15 and this kid would have gone home and just started fucking playing call of duty and drinking you know more milk and mom's meatloaf, like, well, you know, I guess I'm not going to murder 21 fucking people today because I can't buy a gun. I'm just right. going to call it quits and just go back to being normal. Like, no, that guy's going to go find another way to go cause harm. You know, he's going to drive a truck down to some fucking parade, throw a bomb, which you can learn how to make on the internet in 10 seconds in a school or whatever it is. So the the thought process behind it makes absolutely zero fucking sense. Or he can be like, cool, I'll just go in the private market and buy two Air 15s. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there. The Second Amendment is used as essentially a fucking tool for politicians to give them something to debate about during fucking midterms, which and is that's coming what, up.
0: That's what kind of bugs me about it. It seems like, you know, the economy is just so trashed right now. And, you know, the those in the Democratic side, I mean, the Democrats, they just know that they're going to get their asses handed to them, So they're trying to change the subject. They're trying to make it about abortion. They're trying to make it about gun laws and all these other things. And people get really emotional about those issues, right? And so I hate that it's like if they're – and maybe you can answer this question. But, you know, there's two questions I want to ask you. Number one is I want you to explain why it's so important we have the ability to own guns. And then the second one is maybe thoughts that you have around, well, what could be done to make it – because, I mean, ultimately we're a country of people that are going to own guns. I mean, that's they protect us. They give us our freedom and all those different things. And the amount of people that actually – Um, own guns versus those that harm others with them. It's the numbers are so skewed by the news and the media, the message, whatever they're trying to portray, that it makes it really hard to get accurate information. People say shit all the time. You're like, okay, well, I know that's not true. But, you know, and it's hard to argue with them because if we can't agree on the basic facts of how guns are used, it's really hard to create good laws around it. But maybe I guess first, if you could just explain, like, why is it so important that Americans can own and possess guns?
1: I mean, it goes back, I mean, there's a reason it was the second fucking amendment in the constitution, the second, right after free speech, you know, um, our founding fathers, it's almost like they had a crystal ball where they could look into the future and, and be like, you, we need to put this in there, like at the fucking top, <laughs> top of the page, but we see it around the world. I mean, uh, Ukraine, like what happened to Ukraine? I mean, you have this superior military coming in Russia and invading Ukraine doesn't have the military resources to essentially, uh, you know, create an offensive or or a defense against or an, either yeah. against Russia, and you have all these, uh, um, you know, of age male-bodied or able-bodied soldiers picking up arms and fighting against their own country. That's one reason. You know, we have the largest standing military with American gun owners, over three hundred million guns, in the excess of three hundred million plus guns. In the hands of law-abiding citizens, right. and uh, it's a huge deterrent, a huge fucking deterrent. Nobody talks about this because we we live in La Land where we think everything's going to be hunky dory, is butterflies and rainbows forever, and we don't think about worst case scenario. You know, where it's like we're America, we got a tough military, and they'll they'll uh, they'll stick up for us. But in the event they don't, can you imagine three hundred guys, a lot of them who are veterans, a lot of them who just like to shoot and train on their own you know and you don't even have to be a veteran have military experience to be good at shooting sure. a gun or yeah. or know how to operate as as far as part of a team so i think it's a huge deterrent against foreign invasion for sure i mean we saw it in world war ii back then and we didn't even have the amount of arms we had back there you know right after pearl harbor and then the biggest thing which is the reason i think it was written in the constitution well i know for a fact it is because they experienced it themselves with great Britain is fucking tyranny against their own government you know and people think it's one of the biggest reasons they try to strip us from it. Those guys, if we had no guns, they would have all the fucking control and they well, could do anything they did. you Just want even to. even
0: in Australia and Canada during the pandemic, I mean, they were able to really China and, like shut people in. These countries that don't have the same, I guess not Canada as much as Australia and China, some of the other ones, but like they were able to literally strip them of their uh, ability to even leave their own homes. Whereas in America, you know, and, and people say well, like, well, you don't need an AR-15 for hunting. And it's like, well, I didn't buy the gun for hunting. I bought the gun so that the government, has to be in check against its citizens like i don't like the arguments like well it's not
1: a hunting gun it's like i didn't
0: buy it to hunt i bought it so that no soldiers show up in my house and strip me of my
1: human rights yeah you're like i have my hunting gun it's a 65 PRC bull gun that's in there but that's not what this one is i mean i guess it kind of is a hunting gun but yeah um it Th- that's the perfect thing like the people who talk about well, you don't need this for hunting You don't need that for hunting or I lost my guns in a bone accident It's like knock that shit off like these guns are essentially to deter our own fucking government from coming in and raiding our homes Yeah at some point, which, which all the government would never do that. Like bullfucking shit. Like well, at some point they would a hundred percent. Well, we've seen already how much they
0: push the envelope and try to kind of do that. I, for me personally. Right. So I have guns that are just, uh, when I was a little, I watched the movie tremors. I don't know if you remember the Great. part where oh, the tremor yeah. with comes Bonnie, in. Was it Bonnie Ray? Dude's the, got all the... those guns. Oh yeah. It's uh, yeah. Reba McIntyre. Reba right? McIntyre. Yeah, yeah. who it is. And they're just shooting those. And I remember thinking like, okay, I want a collection like that when I'm older and I own about 15 guns. And, uh, but it's funny because I mean, you know, a few of them, I just like to shoot. I've got one on the side of my bed that literally is a, it's got, it's a mini shotgun that has 18 shots in it. If I sleep in peace, like if somebody breaks into my house, I got 18 shots. I can send them three houses over by the time I'm done shooting, you know? And it's like. I don't need that gun, but guess what? It gives me a lot of peace of mind. I've never had to shoot it outside of practicing, but ultimately it's right there. I can have it in my hand ready to shoot in about four seconds if I get startled in the night. Yeah, And it just gives you peace of mind. Like you have that security that you can take in. Like think about women, for example, like so many women, like how are they gonna level the playing field against some guy? And you know, I was dating a girl, I don't know, a couple of years ago and she had a stalker and she had a guy that kept showing up at four in the morning. She had a young boy too. She had a little boy, a young son, and she was terrified and she called me ball. And I finally was like, we're done with this. I bought her yeah. a gun. And I asked her, I said, do you want a gun? She goes, yeah, I do. And I bought her a gun. We taught her how to use it and he quit coming by, you know? And yeah. ultimately though, that's how you level the playing field. Like for somebody that's um, not able to protect themselves otherwise uh, you know, it, it really helps to be
1: able to have that, At your disposal it's it's huge and that's a perfect example i use it all the time is is women like if you could nancy pelosi because she's kind of like thanos if nancy pelosi could snap her fingers like fucking thanos and make all the guns in the world disappear you're still going to have evil people causing crime with other fucking tools of harm whatever it may be you know a fucking bat a hammer a rake it doesn't even matter a fucking pencil and uh you have your wife your daughter whoever a loved one who you know women women are, are naturally smaller less strong and they're walking to their car to go to home after a long day at work or whatever, A dark parking lot. And some big guy comes out and puts a bear hug on her throws throws in the back of the car or approaches her. Like what is her defense to, to like you said, equal the playing field. There is nothing like a gun is the ultimate equalizer and it's the ultimate deterrent for fucking evil. And that's the only thing that she's going to be able to use to essentially say, Hey, you know, take another step. I'll shoot you in your fucking face. Yeah. Or, shoot him in his fucking face, you know, and then go home and be safe where she otherwise might've been killed, raped or whatever. So, I mean, Hey guys, Jimmy
0: here. Uh, I just want to take a quick break from the podcast to let you know about my new done for you podcast studio, Rookery studios. When I first started out my podcast, I I quickly learned how big of an investment it was the money required to put into good equipment, the skills needed for editing and the overall time commitment that it took I realized that these are the reasons that other people really never start their podcasts. And after doing now 325 episodes here on the Jimmy Rex show, I thought it was time I helped make podcasting easier for those of you who want to start out, but have the same issues that I did. So here at Rookery Studios, we took care of everything for you, making your voice easy to share. We provide the highest quality audio and video equipment. We do all the recording, editing, and even posting to the platforms that you want your podcast to be on, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or any others. All you have to do is come into the studio at your scheduled time and everything else, everything is handled for you. Uh, So if you're here in Utah and you're looking to get a start on your podcast and you don't really know where or how to start, or you're just tired of... Dealing with the hassle of doing it all yourself, come check us out at the studio. We're super affordable. Your first episode also is on us. You can learn more about rookery studios on our website at rookerystudio.com or by messaging us on Instagram at rookery studios. Now let's get back to the podcast. There is a lot of there is a lot more,
1: I think, um, uses and uh causes for guns on the side of good than there is on the side of bad and we but we always focus on the side of bad yeah
0: it's like the the media never shares the stories where the guy stops the
1: murderer or he never, stops the never robber or whatever that might be right it's always because it, it doesn't you know, fit their it doesn't fit their agenda right. and their agenda honestly they don't fucking care they don't give a shit that that no. people die they don't give a shit that someone got killed their kids got shot they don't give a shit all, all it is for them is essentially a tool for them to use to push their political agenda. They don't care for that loss of life. And I honestly, I, I believe that. Well, that's the part that was
0: hard for me with even like with the COVID response, right? It was like, it was very clear. They didn't actually care about the people dying. Otherwise they would have talked about health. They would have talked about getting in shape. They would have talked about the fact that 88% of the people dying were obese, Yeah. but you never heard it. It was like not even okay to talk about it because they didn't actually care about people dying. And that's what I hate about the gun issue is like, do I think that it's, there's a problem clearly like but it's not necessarily the way the way that they try to make it seem is that the gun is responsible for the whole thing and it's like look if we want to really look at the issue and you know not politicize it and not try to make it this speaking point for you to try to gain favor with your constituents but we actually want to like dig into it then let's talk about the whole picture let's talk about what would have to happen for an 18 year old kid to get to the point where he feels like he needs to blow you know shoot up a school and and they don't want to have those conversations at all it's not even okay to talk about it and so for me it's just so disingenuous and that's what i hate about the gun issues every time there's one of these shootings it just gets politicized so that people uh can push the agenda that they're trying to and so i don't know it's just it's really hard for me to listen to it because it's I, i do feel like i don't know maybe you have an opinion on this but like. You know, what, how do you kind of help with the problem that we currently have, which is, you know, not just mass shootings, but the amount of uh, people being
1: killed with guns. I think everybody's focused on like people, people listen to the government and watch the news and everyone's so focused on what Biden is doing, or what the government is doing and where it's like, look, you're, you're part of a smaller community. Like you need to fucking start there. Like. Obviously, we need to have some kind of eyeball on what's going on on, on Big Brother. And that comes through the voting process of voting in the people who you think are going to do the, the right thing for your state. But on a small level, it's like control what you can. You know, Work with your schools to get security up. Look, work with your local politicians. Work with your fucking community to come up with some kind of a you know, a, a watch for the neighborhood or whatever it is. Like, those are the things in your control that you can control. Like, forget about trying to get Biden to do whatever it is. That's not going to fucking happen. Like, like do your voting, go vote, meet with your politicians, go to the local state dinners, but then work hard on the local level with your community, your schools, you know, the principle of where your kids go to school after, after, um, after 9-11, it's like, what did we do for airport security? I mean, everything completely changed with security. Right. Right. But you have a, a few school shootings you had with all the um obviously sandy Hook and uh but nothing fucking changed on security. It's not in the budget, you know but but after January sixth, they spent a billion billion dollars on putting stupid fucking fences around
0: right the you capital. know the capital yeah.
1: But it's like, but we don't have the budget to essentially put one armed security guard in fucking schools around the U.S. That was because they, they don't care. Well, this, that was the
0: crazy thing about Uvalde too was you know how much the police there was the police was like waiting outside and didn't go in, was, which is
1: another great argument for guns. You know, it's like you, like you can't like rely that on people doing anything police. about it. Were
0: the parents right? Like, yeah. I mean, that was the people that were trying to do something. But like that's that you're exactly right. It's a very good argument for guns. It's like when the people that are supposed to protect us aren't protecting us. Well, then it goes back to the principle. I talk about this all the time. It's just a principle of life is no one's coming to save you. Like no one's be the hero of your own story. Um, You know, take responsibility for, okay, if, you know, something does go down, I need to be able to protect my family. I need to be able to protect the people that I care about. It's your responsibility to learn how to do that. Because we saw, like with Uvalde, the policemen sat out there for 90 minutes and didn't do shit. Like it was, you know, it's multiple of them.
1: Evil people or weak minded people. Obviously, because that's how they get to a position of evil is because they can't control their thoughts, they can't control their actions. They just kind of go down the path of least resistance, which, in historically speaking, kind of leads down that path of evil. So, the weak-minded people, they're not going to go after hard targets. They're not going to go after somewhere where they think they might meet resistance. They're going to go after the what we call the like soft target in the military, which is a place with no fucking security. You can go in there and and uh, so true, yeah, and induce mass casualties because that's what they want. And a school is a perfect place for that. And I think that's what we're seeing in schools. And we have yet to be like, look, we need to get some fucking security in these schools. Hire some fucking veteran or, or a guy up, you know, like we're doing free concealed carry courses. We've been doing this since 2012 at Ready Gunner. Like, If you're a teacher, you're a, a custodian. Doesn't If you work at a fucking school, I don't care what your job is. If you're there mowing the lawn, we will give you training and a free concealed carry permit at Ready Gunner to take back... And and carry in your school, oh, which cool. it, which in the state of Utah you can carry. Teachers uh, can carry, yeah, with, in the the state con- of Utah. with the concealed carry permit on school. Hmm. Imagine if you had all the teachers, and and obviously there's this drives liberals crazy the thought of like teachers with guns in schools, you know, because guns bad and go boom yeah. on their own. But uh, you get them the proper training, get armed teachers in there. And you have like a couple of people who try to shoot up a school and meet resistance and get shot, right out of the gate. it's like, you're going to see a huge reduction in people trying to do that. Yeah. But when crazy people see other crazy people doing it successfully, they're like, Oh, I'm going to, I can go do that. That's a good place to go shoot up some people. Yeah. And that's even the way that they, you know,
0: share the media, shares the story. It almost encourages other people to do it. That's kind of like the problem that we have. They, you know, make such a big to do out of it that some, some idiot, I mean, the six human needs, one of them is significance and humans will get their needs met. And if you can't go about getting it done in a good way, a lot of people will go about getting it done in in a bad way.
1: It's a, it's a quick way to get famous. It is.
0: It's a very quick way to get significance. You're, you got a gun in your hand. You were really significant in that moment. Yeah. But
1: it's well,
0: so as a gun owner, as a gun store owner, um, what, I mean, guess how can people help, um, how can help people help the, the gun control question or whatever go the right direction like what can the average citizen do to make sure that we don't get our freedoms taken away but also try to protect you know people from having the guns in the
1: wrong people's hands uh one of the one of the biggest things is obviously be a good example of a law-abiding you know gun-toting gun citizen you know and don't don't <laughs> don't embarrass the community so one of the things is we've had in the last three years since covid started so gun sales you know, from 2019 and now have, they've gotten nuts. <laughs> they, it, it's the been, the biggest gun sale, you know, trifecta in the history of gun sales in the world. Mm-hmm. Americans have not bought more guns in the last few years ever. So, I mean, I, I don't know the thing it, in excess of hundreds of millions of dollars. I was reading all these reports where it's like, there are more guns in the hands of, of us citizens than every army outside of our own fucking put together have, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're the largest standing fucking army in the world. Well, if you, but you go back,
0: like, I just thought of something real quick. Like the, during the BLM riots a couple of years ago, right? Um, my uncle owns, uh, he owns the largest gem and rock Store in the midwest it's in minnesota and he's right on the main street of minnesota where the riots were happening after george floyd and i mean he boarded up that and he's as liberal as they come my uncle is i mean he's atheist he's a liberal he's a geologist i mean this dude is as left-leaning as they go and him and his best friend got guns and they sat in their rock shop that night because he's got millions of dollars of rocks in there i mean he's got certain rocks that are worth thousands of dollars just for one rock And sure enough, they came busting through and they both pointed the guns and they ran right back out. And the next morning his store was still standing because he had guns. And so like even the most far left, you know, he would never in a million years want to shoot somebody, my uncle, but he used guns to protect himself because he knew if I don't do this. I'm this business I've built 35
1: years, you know, trying yeah. to build up is going to be gone in the morning. Yeah. Liberals are idealist. They live in a, in a world of ideal where they think everything is fine, hunky dory. Right. And you or these
0: ideas that like, they sound great on paper, but there's no way in reality it would ever be able to function that way. You know, yeah, I don't it, like it, to live in make belief land because you just, you have to take into account human behavior.
1: Yeah. They like to call people who have guns, cowards, like only cowards use guns. And it's like, everybody like, In your ideal world, yeah, you wouldn't need a gun. But we don't live in a fucking ideal world. We're far from it. Way far from it. And we do need a gun. In an ideal world, you don't need insurance. You don't need car insurance. You don't need life insurance until you wreck your fucking car. And then you're going to wish you had car insurance. Right? But you can't buy it after the fact. And the gun is the same way. Mm. It's like, you probably don't want a gun, but you find yourself in a situation where you're like, fuck, I wish I would have had a gun. Like that liberal is going to become conservative yeah, real it's, fucking it's fast. Like but then night-
0: it's too late. It's like a nightmare, right? I, I've had this situation cause I carry one. I usually have one very close by if not on me. And, um, I've had this thought of like, what if I ever needed it? And I just didn't have it on me. I wouldn't forgive myself. I'd be so yeah. upset at myself. And so it's, you know, it's I, I totally understand what you're saying there, but
1: but that that goes back to my point of being a, a good, you know, two way law abiding citizen and being a, a good example for the community. Like we don't need people out there, essentially giving ammunition to anti gunners for taking our guns away. Uh, we've seen more people buy first time gun buyers in the last few years than I've ever seen. Uh, people of all ages, all sizes, you know, women. Has seen a huge increase in the last two years. Uh, I think it was two years ago, Utah State, uh, women surpassed men in applying for concealed carry permits, which is fucking awesome. I love that, yeah. And one of the biggest things, like, look, if you're going to buy a gun, first of all, bravo, congratulations on making that step. But let's get you some training, too, so you know how to use it. Because we don't want to sell somebody a gun and then just, you know, they put it in their purse and go out on the street. What's
0: the best way for someone to get trained up? Do you guys do training at your, you do yeah, at your Yeah, store, we right?
1: do training. So uh, if you buy a gun from us, we we try to get you into like the basic handgun or basic craft, of course, depending what you buy. And we even give you a discount um, for doing so. But we want to make sure everyone has significant training. Because another thing too is you find yourself in a situation, a uh, stressful situation. If you don't know how to shoot it, oh you, man, can you get that You gun get fumbly. You yeah, you can get a gun taken away. Gun. You, I mean, mm-hmm. you can shoot yourself. You never know. Mm-hmm. So we we highly practice getting comfortable with it. I remember it.
0: The, when I first got my... Uh, when I had to renew actually my permit, my, um, my handgun permit and I shot and you're like 15 feet away, you're very close and you're missing so bad. And I was like, wait, what the heck? Yeah. Cause I hadn't shot forever and I had to remember like, oh yeah, you have to, I mean, you really need to practice to be able to use it effectively because somebody can get to you from 15 feet away. And I mean, one second, if, you know, you, you don't have a whole lot of time to think about it. If you're going to use the gun, if you pull it, you better be ready to use it.
1: Yeah. And it's, and it's, um, it's a perishable skill. Skill. like it takes practice for sure you know I, even myself like i'll take i've shot guns for forever and i take three four five six months off shooting and i go back in the range and start shooting you know it takes you a little bit to get back to that you know uh the basic principles and, and fine-tuning of getting your bullets impacting where you want but there is Constant practice that's required as a gun owner, but yeah. it's fun too.
0: Yeah, it's, no, it's a great way. To, it is a tricky a little bit. Ammunition got
1: so damn expensive. Has that come down at all or is it still as expensive? It, it's come down quite a bit from, I mean, 2019, everyone got caught off guard. Uh, everyone started buying ammo like crazy. The, the riots made it worse. I mean, it was, it was a perfect storm of gun stuff, you know, with covid Co- mandates uh you had the george floyd riots and then you went straight into like a superheated presidential election mm. with a super anti-gun president who ended up winning and um so i mean people were just buying guns you couldn't find ammo. you couldn't find 556 you couldn't find 22 forever it's starting to come back like i have all that ammo in the excess of like half a million to a million rounds of each oh, caliber nice. on my floor and we've brought the price down but on the distributor and the manufacturer level it's still pretty high so we can only bring it down so much yeah um but like this this money we're we're launching the biggest sale i'm not trying to no I market mean, on your i'm podcast actually here, interested the, about the, it because the biggest sale of ammo people
0: don't know where to buy it at a decent amount yeah so.
1: It's the lowest you've probably ever seen in the last years. What is it going for now?
0: Just give us an idea, like for people that know guns,
1: dude. It's still all over the place. So it depends on where you buy it and who you buy it from. What are you guys some people be still have for on your cell. Oh man, you're gonna make me blow the email here, but <laughs> I think I think nine mil we're selling for fourteen ninety nine a box, okay, which is the cheapest I've seen it anywhere in the last two years.
0: That's for twenty cartridges. There. That's for fifty. Fifty. Oh, that's right. a box
1: of fifty. Okay. and five five six. I think we have for eight forty nine a box, and that's for twenty. Cool. So, and that's for these days, that's pretty fucking cheap. Yeah. Like people were selling for 75 bucks a box just to give you. What caused it to go so high? Was it just the fact that you couldn't get it? Demand. Yeah. Yeah. Demand. And then the manufacturers, I mean, from a lot of my manufacturers, the OEMs, I got a a 15% increase letter probably every 30 days from these companies where they're like, oh, we can't find parts and, and imports and material costs have gone up. We have 15%, 15%, 15%. And As a retailer, you know, you try to keep the margins as best as you can without it's us anyway. Some retailers are like, oh shit, let's jack it up. But, uh, but obviously with their increases, we have to increase and maintain margins on the business level. But, uh, you know, we've made some good buys and some big buys. So we're, we're going to do a big sell here on Monday. It's going to be awesome. Cool. No, that's great. Well, um, so for, you know, with Uvalde
0: happening and it being in the news, um, for the person that maybe is like just super anti-gun, they think that guns are the problem, maybe just give your view and maybe your pitch, what would you would say to that person as an argument? Um, Honestly,
1: I think a lot of anti-gunners and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, say they're dumb or anything like that. I just don't think they know. I think a lot of people who hate guns or don't know guns, and we see this in our store, ready right gunner at the counter all the time is they they don't understand it. And they base their knowledge on guns, on what they've seen on TV, on what they hear from politicians, on how bad they are. You know, an AR-15 can kill 76 people in less than half a second, and they carry 400-round magazines. I mean, just all this propaganda of stuff, and that's where they get their information. And we have so many people that come to Ready Gunner, and we're like, let's just get you in the range. Let's shoot a gun, and I'll, I'll come in there with you. And they end up loving it. They're like, wow, this is actually – this is – kind of empowering. This Mm -hmm. is kind of nice and it's also kind of fun and it's not anything of what I thought it was going to be. It's like a gun is, is an inanimate object that is controlled by a person, you know, and that what that gun does is dictated by the person behind that gun, good, bad, whatever it is. So uh, if, if anyone is anti gun, I would suggest essentially trying it going into a store like ours or a local store. And hopefully it's a good store (laughs) And, uh, in, in practicing shooting and talk to the people who know about the guns and and get their take on it, you know, don't just go off the words of the politicians on how bad they are. Yeah. You know, they, they actually do a lot of good.
0: Well, it's like most things in life, you know, most of the things that I've been afraid of in my life when I went and I actually leaned into it and got to experience it or got to know it, uh, I didn't have anything to be afraid of. It turned out, you know, but when you just hear other people's opinions or you other, you just hear negative things, then you kind of form your own opinion around it. And um, unfortunately that leads you to some, you know, beliefs sometimes that, that aren't even your own. You kind of just got pigeoned into them.
1: Yeah. And that, I think that's what it is. I think the bulk of the people who are very anti-gun or, just don't know any different. They just kind of go off of what what they're told, yeah. And they just kind of regurgitate it. It's an echo chamber. Have you had pushback from? I mean, all the tech platforms decide what they want to push
0: or not push anymore. And I mean, obviously you got Instagram and Facebook and even Google and uh, we, Apple. We we can't
1: do anything. I, I mean, we can't do it. anything. We are so restricted on our pages uh, across the board, even on Google. Uh, our Google business page for Ready Gunner, like. Every other Google business can post ads, can post advertisements, do marketing stuff on there. We can't do anything but change our fucking hours for the store. Like, it's insane. Mm. Like, we are so limited. We we are running a business with our hands tied behind our back. All the resources that every normal business has, we don't have. We don't yeah. have. It's not available to us. about that because it's like, like our TikTok page just got deleted. Deleted? Completely um, gone? Yeah, it's completely gone, which is fine because we didn't really do a ton of TikTok. And, um but, uh, Thanks. we just had one of our huge, we had like a 1.3 million, uh, it was called gun freaks get deleted and we got it back and it got deleted and they keep deleting it. Mm. But yeah, they just, it, and all we do is post pictures of guns on there. That is it. We don't do any sales on social media. We don't push marketing. We don't push advertisements. We just say, Hey, look, here's a cool looking gun. Right. That is it.
0: Well, what's crazy too is like the double standard, right? Because Hollywood and the left, they all want to like pretend like they're so anti-gun. And then every single movie, I heard the average kid is exposed by the time he's like 10 years old to like 200,000 deaths online for my guns or on, on movies and TV and everything else, right? Like they don't really care when it like sells their product, they're all for it. But it's like... They're, but then you know, to even show an actual gun on one of those tech platforms, they're gonna ban it from you.
1: You know, Oh, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a, so a I've become a very cynical person <laughs> at my age, and, and just because of current events, where I'm just like everybody's out for themselves. You know, yeah. like politicians, as long as you pay them to say what you want them to say, they'll fucking do it. Like they just, they, they're just out for themselves. They just want to make their money and do their thing, and then. And, and use these hot topics, like you were saying, that, that create emotion and, and things of that sort to so essentially push an agenda for them to get votes. Yeah. Well, like, which, I truly believe that, which is sad. So, I mean, one of the things I'm talking
0: about a lot on my podcast is helping people get their house in order. I think it's important. I think we got some weird times coming ahead. Um, from a gun and ammo standpoint. Um, Cause here's the thing is like, you can have all the food storage in the world, right? I had a buddy come on here and talk all about food storage and mm-hmm. prep and stuff. And um, but if you don't have some ammo and guns to go with it, that's going to be your neighbor's food storage. anyway. I, I
1: always say that too. It's like your food, how much food storage do you have? Yeah. Oh, two years. How many guns do you have? Zero. <laughs> you, Guess what? Your food storage is my food, food store, storage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so like for the average person, you know, if
0: shit hits the fan a little bit, I mean, what's a, as a minimum, what should they have um, gun and ammo wise?
1: It's hard to say, but essentially you got to think bigger than yourself. You got to think like on a team level because, because you as an individual, you're pretty much it fucking goes, useless, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so essentially like, let's, let's talk like walking dead fucking scenario where it's like the world goes to shit. And now you're just having to, to operate on the lowest level possible, which is, you know, your small community, whoever that is, and you've already come up with a plan. Uh, but it, it kind of depends on what your community is. It's like, hey, do you and all your neighbors have guns? And how much ammo do they have? And if they don't have any, then you're probably going to want at least fucking a dozen AR-15s with ammo to go for it. Like a combat load is 210 rounds. And that's like a day's worth, you know? On, that's, a shit, that's a shitty day's worth. Yeah, yeah. seven magazines, 730-round seven magazines is what we would take out on a mission. Um, but you're going to want... You're going to want a lot more than that. Absolutely a lot more than that. Especially for the reason of like food storage won't last so long, but you have outside resources that you can tap into. And you, you know, you can hunt with an AR-15. You really can. It's a 223 rifle. Like it's perfect for deer. So uh, you got to think hunting. You got to think obviously defenses. You got to think team level, like a squad level team, like 12 guys. And uh, probably a couple dozen magazines each. And I mean, to be safe. And this may sound excessive, but it's not excessive when you come down to it, but I'd say at least 10,000 rounds of, like an AR ammo, if that's, yeah. that's the gun you have. Yeah. Yeah. I've got per over person. A, I
0: have over a hundred thousand rounds of ammo total. Yeah. And my theory is I just want to be welcomed in if I need to show up somewhere, you know, you absolutely. Got, you got a hundred thousand rounds of ammo. That's another thing. Let you it's in, you it's bartering too. It totally, is. You got to think of a bartering well, I just tool. you figure like, they're not going down in value. So I literally bought it as an investment. I'm yeah. like, you know what? They're not going to go down in value. I'm going to be happy if I ever need it.
1: You can, you can use it for defense. You can use it for hunting. You can use it for bartering totally. for food or whatever else, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know how many ammo, like cases of ammo, it takes to buy a cow. You know, but at but, but it's going to be a thing. Depends on how many they have. In worst eat, case right? scenario, Depends yeah, how many cows they have and how many bullets. Exactly. They have. <laughs> you have zero bullets. I'll give you ten, a magazine <laughs> exactly. for your for your milk cow.
0: Yeah, real quick. Well, that's cool, man. Well, I appreciate you, man. I, I, you know what you've done. I, the reason why your voice matters to me, especially above the average Joe that's just you know saying whatever he wants to. I mean, you've spent the time. You served the country. Um, you know, you put your work in, and because of that, I I do value much more high your opinion on these things you've seen what freedom brings you've seen what it looks like when they're, we don't have freedom or the ability to protect ourselves in some of these things and so I uh, just wanted to kind of share a little bit and give some people some perspective on why the Second Amendment was such an, a profound and inspired uh, part of the Constitution because it's very necessary for the way of life that we have and if you know a world with guns scares you a world where none of us have
1: guns is a lot scarier you know. It is scarier and I don't think we should give an inch to anybody on the when it comes to the Second Amendment as far as like, Hey, we'll just give you this. If you leave us alone, like you, it's like, you're not getting anything. You're not going to get anything. Like the yeah. second amendment is a second amendment and don't fucking touch it.
0: I don't think but, they'd ever be able to pull it from the Americans. I think it'd just be a civil war.
1: I don't see any way gun owners are they're, they're it pushing, up. man. They're, they're pushing into someday. It's like, and, and Biden came out and gave that speech. Um, I know you're trying to log out here, but no, no, you're good. the, uh, he's like, well, you, you know, all this talk about you guys fighting the government, we got planes and nukes, you know, and <laughs> It's like those are the same planes and nukes we used in Afghanistan where we spent 15 years. <laughs> I
0: was going to say didn't they hold it's us like, off with you, their guns? Yeah,
1: <laughs> And guess what? Now they're they're back to doing what they want. They held of us off for 15 years. Yeah, no, it's you like You know, we killed a lot of people over there, but
0: Afghanistan, if nothing else, is an example of why the citizens need guns to fight off a Yeah, and those government.
1: guys had AKs and fucking flip-flops, you know? Yeah, like and we it worked. we like we have <laughs> trained people, ex-military <laughs> guys. Like you know what's stronger than a fucking nuke is guerrilla warfare, it's for you sure. know? Well, guys the whole reason war why
0: from. America beat the British in the Revolutionary
1: War. Like, yeah. when you're fighting to protect something, I mean, you, I mean, you can do some things. You know, that like guerrilla warfare yeah. goes on And the other way. thing, too, is like, hey, you're going to lose, like, if it comes down to Civil War, it's like this, the U.S. military, the most powerful military in the world today, is like, you're going to lose at least 50 to 60 percent of that out of the gate in the Civil War. Like, gonna those say, guys yeah. are going to be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> let me go bomb my neighbor's house real quick. Like, those guys are going to convert over to, to fucking Correct. Team A. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. you're gonna have like one dude in the fucking like AWAX like oh uh, <laughs> Or how many of those guys would if they were stayed in the military would sabotage the owner. Exactly. Missions, you know what I mean? It's yeah. it
0: actually I mean it's crazy to even think about it all, but at the end of the day it's um politicians
1: yeah. they don't, you know they don't they're too dumb to Yeah.
0: Well, it's awesome, man. I appreciate you. I've bought Probably four or five guns from your shop, buy there all it. the time. It's right down the street from my house, and um, it's just fun for me. I love to. I had a buddy come over from England and he'd never seen a gun because they don't have them over there, and he just was boggled that, that I had all these guns in my house. Oh, yeah, but are the say, best. you know, yeah, he just was just like, Wait, I don't understand. You just have all these guns, I'm like, Yeah, and he's like, He was just watching his amazement, it kind of made me realize it really is a very cool part of being able to be an American to have the, that right. Um, not just a privilege, but a right to own those properties, you know?
1: Yeah, it is a right. So sure.
0: Well, thanks again, man. I appreciate your service and also just, uh, what you're
1: doing now. So thank you. Thanks for having me on Jimmy. Appreciate it. All right, man.
0: Thanks again for listening to this podcast. Uh, and this podcast was brought to you by Steve DeYoung over at Trillion Mortgage. I've, I've sold thousands of homes in my real estate career, and there's nobody I trust more than Steve over at Trillion Mortgage. So reach out to him, give him a call if you are looking to f- refinance your home or to maybe buy a new property. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you liked what you heard, do me a favor. This is a, this is a free podcast. The one thing I ask of my audience is to leave me a review. This just helps me to get better and better guests, to let more people know about this show so that they too can benefit from the Jimmy Rex show. So thank you again for listening and we will talk to you on the next episode.